And yes, that's right. Star Trek Lower Decks Season 2, Episode 3, will always have Tom Paris, is over and uh, has been since today. But we're just getting started here on Live Long and Podcast. Uh, my name is Dave Mater, uh, coming at you with Star Trek TV and Movie Reviews, joined with a great panel here to help break down this third episode of the second season. Uh, as always, we have Jamil Robinson with us. Uh, how are you doing, Jamil? I'm doing all right after a long absence. Um, it is actually me. It's not, uh, you know, a transporter clone. Um, I am here uh, and I'm excited for Lower Decks. Let's go. Lower Decks. Let's do it. Um, and then we also have with us from Locutors of Trek joining us um, is Davin Skellhorn, my second cousin. How are you doing, Davin? Not too bad, especially considering it's peak pheromone season. Peak pheromone season. It's it, it's been a problem all year, really. Um, and, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about this whole episode. Um, I gotta tell you guys, I really enjoyed this. I thought that this was a great episode. I think the strongest one so far for me, and it wasn't because of Tom Paris. Okay, uh, Davin, I think I'm getting a bit of echo on your side. I can hear my own voice. Uh, uh oh, let me turn you down. It's just on Davin's side, not on your side. Okay. I typically have Twitch running in the background because that's how you get views. Yeah, I think it's okay now. Yeah, okay, that's better. Um, sorry about that. So Davin uh, and Jamil and Jeff, I think will be coming along at some point. He's supposed to be here, um, but to get his take on this. Um, but yeah, for me, it was not because of Tom Paris. For me, this episode was all about Mariner and Tendi, uh, and a bit with the Shacks, uh, return of Shacks. He's back from the dead um sort of uh, it's yada yada a little bit here uh but it you know i think that it's just a uh, that's typical of star trek i think that they're just trying to make fun of like the the mortality of people uh being able to come back to life and transcend the different dimensions and new forms and dimensions and versions it's Happens typical bridge crew typical, typical bridge crew, crew. <laughs> they, they, they very typical like very typical lower decks because they like to grab a trope and just embrace it with everything they have. Yeah. <laughs> they don't like it when people ask how they came back. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't want to talk about it. Yeah. Right. Uh, who Who's come back from the like the dead? Like Spock, obviously. He was like, the, he's the big one everyone thinks about, I think. Okay, Spock. Uh, Kirk, technically. I would say probably yeah. most of well, the crew. Because he was Voyager. a Nexus, it counts. They thought he was dead. Data, I guess. Wait, wait. You're bypassing Kirk? Kirk in the Nexus counts as a death. Well, he didn't. Yeah, he was like a, they thought he was dead, but he wasn't really dead. It still counts. They thought he was in the neck. They referred to it. They referred to the Nexus. Uh, yeah. Um, sure. Okay. If that's if we want to throw Kirk in the group, I'm I'm fine with that. Um, and and if we're using the the book, uh, you know, canon, then Star Trek's The Return, which is the sequel to uh, Generations. He also was brought back from the dead as a Borg um, uh, reanimated um, uh, life form. So, yeah, there's a and little book canon there. There's a, there's a, there's been a few right where like I guess Picard is the other one that comes to mind because he yeah. kind of cheated. I guess if you ever cheat death, if you're somehow cheating death in a start in any Star Trek, you know whether it's a time loop episode where your ship's blown up eight times <laughs> leading up to the finale of the episode. Uh, yeah, you know it, it can happen. Um, and so yeah, he's back pretty early here. Uh, Ketchup, spicy kiwi. That, that's how we bring him back. Ketchup, spicy kiwi. 
So Bajorans, <laughs> it's canon. Bajorans put ketchup on hot dogs. You heard yeah. it here first. And they love spice. Yes. They, they love spice. They love their hasperat. They love the, they look, and they like, you know, Mariner's like, what's up? Why would you mess with ketchup? Come on. <laughs> you know? Uh, and then, uh, you know, just like the thing, like. Bridge officers are always coming back from the dead. You going to finish that muffin? You going to finish that muffin? Uh, and then the other storyline uh, that, that, that we kick off pretty early is, is Tendi. I'm hearing myself again. Um, I'm, t- I'm, I'm, look, okay. It's not you. You're, you're, you got headphones on. I know, uh, but okay. Echo, you say? Just I hear myself come through your speakers a little bit. That's all. I think it's okay. Uh, okay, so then uh, the other storyline oh. is Tendi with Tiana, and um, it's uh, you know she's she's having some issues. Her she's has some she's having some Cation pon far maybe, Jamil. Yeah, uh, she, Which... I thought she had fleas at first. <laughs> it it looked like it, but. Um... Man, you gotta, you gotta like a what a twofer on this episode. Uh, in last right, season, one of the major complaints that uh, we had about uh, lower decks was uh, the lack of like background in Tendi, and also uh, uh, Dave wanting to know more about Tian. So there you go, you got a twofer. Well, some... I did. I, I was happy with this storyline because, yes, it gave us it gave Tendi a chance to go off and do her own thing here. Um, I think that she's of the four leads, like of the four lower deckers. I think she's the one who needs the most development still to kind of like what what do we love about Tendi is kind of like sometimes what I'm left asking myself. I I, I, I definitely found her more endearing after tonight. She sent on this side mission because she just wants to impress her boss. And her boss is Dr. Tiana, the chief medical officer of the Cerritos. And she's going through. She, I thought she had fleas. And then she's like, OK, I'll go get your thing, your heirloom. And she's like, what did she say to her? I just need the lowest ranking uh, officer. I just need the lowest ranking officer who will ask the fewest questions. Yeah. So she, this is a, this is under the radar. Um, and, uh, and, and, and then I guess her and Mariner get teamed up here for their little uh, girls trip. Mariner and Tendi on a girls trip. Girls trip. <laughs> girls trip. So <laughs> lower decks crew members can get access to shuttlecrafts that easy. Uh, I guess if you have a you know a senior bridge Mariner officer, can. Mariner, yeah, can, yeah Mariner, sure. Mariner. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so, like, I thought that, like, plus to, I was, to like, Anna sent her on the mission, so I to, to Anna could have authorized the shuttle. Yeah, I think she did. Like, she she for whatever reason she couldn't go get this herself, so she had she to was send Tendi. She was in a bad way there, Dave. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was not looking. It wasn't like she was having a fun day. So so Tendi gets tasked, and she goes, oh, "Well, I never do anything with you, Mariner." And so and I this is one of the things we talked about in our even especially in our season one deep dive was like, well, Mariner and Tendi like, and there was some dynamics among these four the four lower deckers, the four leads that there wasn't like. Yeah, it's always Rutherford and Tendi, and then it's always Boimler and Mariner, and then there's not that much crossover, really. Um, you know, it's it, it's sometimes like compared to like a, I think of them maybe sometimes like even like the Seinfeld leads, right? Like you know, you get George and Elaine, or you get Kramer and Jerry, or and different combinations of those four. Um, if you're a fan of such a thing. Uh, I know Jamil is not, so I uh, I was like that reference will not work. Um, I know I, what, I, I I do I am aware of his existence and that tendency. Mm-hmm. 
I just think of like, like a, a show where there's four comedic leads. Yeah, usually typically up. sitcoms pair off individual characters and they rely on those specific pairings to be the driving force throughout the seasons for conflict. And then you get the occasional one-off where the, the unlikely pairs are put in a, a situation and the acknowledgement that, hey, we don't hang out enough. And they, they lean into that, which is which was kind of cute. You know, I'm glad that they didn't go too long on that aspect of it. Uh, it was a, a come and go, right? So, well, you, you mean like the, their whole storyline, the Tendi Mariner? No, well, they, they reference it in the Shuttlecraft. They're like, yeah, we, we haven't spent any time together. It's like, yeah, it's usually Broimler and myself, and you're with Rutherford, right? Uh, they, they, they touch upon that. It, 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 was, it was the animators and storytellers kind of winking at the situation um, that's been present. They probably got Death that trip. note. <laughs> they got that note, and they they made sure that they resolved it by the third episode. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I really liked it. I thought that these two were long overdue. And I guess Boimler and Rutherford are the other two that don't do a ton together, either. I just I That'll just think fun the energy. Episode. I just mm-hmm. think the energy. That's why they they. I just don't think that they usually pair those two out because it's like who's gonna out nerd the other one. Yeah, and who's the straight man? Who's the who's like the the comedic? You know, in those two, I guess it would. I guess Boimler's always the the Boimler of the situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and Rutherford is something else. Okay, so then Rutherford, yeah. So Rutherford has his storyline with Shax, which will I think we can come back to. But the you know, let's not bury the lead. Let's talk about uh, Mr. Tom Paris himself uh, with Robert Dunk McNeil reprising his role in the role of Tom Paris tonight. And he comes into the, uh, into the ship here. I'm just going to bring him in here. Um, what did you guys think of having, uh, him in the show? Was it, did it, did it live up to you? Like, I guess, uh, Jonathan Frakes is Riker. And I guess I'm Marina Sirtis as Troy who have previously reprised their roles, um, in voice. Right. And so here is Tom Paris. He's, uh, he's visiting Voyager, for no, or sorry, Cerrito, the Cerritos. He's visiting the yeah. Cerritos for uh, undisclosed reasons. Um, um, no, it's because he's on a morale tour. He's just morale he's tour. Thank you. Is that what it was? Stories yes. about Voyager. I love that reason for and handshakes there. across the board. The Cerritos kind of he, they would definitely send him to the Cerritos. So like they need a little help, Tom. Like, so what? He's like the USO there. show. He's like the Captain yeah. America. Yeah. Well, he never oh. got promoted. Still a lieutenant. Yeah. Mm. He's he did man. get promoted. He did get promoted. Um, he's if you notice there, he has two full pips. Oh, okay. It might be street sure corn. It's not corn. It could be street corn. Street corn. That's. Street yeah, corn. it could be. I don't know for sure, but it's uh. Half the time, when you see someone with wrong amount of pips around here, it's usually just delicious street corn. Right. That's right, Jet. <laughs> um, 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 Dave, going for it, please. It's not Voyager. It's Voy. Wait, it's Void. Saves time. Void. We don't got all night here. Save time. <laughs> Even on Voy. Wow, that does actually save a ton of time. On Voy. It's Void. on Voy. Just like, okay, just like Discovery is Disco. Is that, yeah, are, disco. We, are, we, are we continuing with that? It's canon. Uh, it's canon. It's in there. Voy. Voy. What do you think of Voy? Jeff would hate this if he was here, but he's not here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah, so last time we saw Tom Paris, well, okay, when Tom Paris first got to Voyager, he was a convict, and he wasn't even in Starfleet. Uh, and then he got made um, a lieutenant junior grade by Captain Janeway before she busted him down to Ensign for uh, that whole situation with the ocean planet, 
where he disobeyed orders and he did 30 days in the brig. And he spent about a year as an ensign before getting his lieutenant junior grade pip back. And it looks like he got promoted to full lieutenant upon his return to the Delta Quadrant. But really, this is one of the few examples we've seen of a Voyager crew member post-Voyager. Like, we have Seven of Nine. We have Janeway in Star Trek Nemesis. Um, Seven of Nine in Star Trek Picard, more notably. The Doctor. Uh, the Doctor has yeah. popped up. And uh, now Tom Paris. But, uh, like, you know, there's a lot of characters we never did see again. Like Chakotay and uh, and a few that. others. He's hanging out with the bones of his ancestors. That's why. Yeah. Hakuchi Moya. Um, yeah. Where's so that okay, flute? So... <laughs> right. I have one here somewhere. Where's the flute? Oh, don't make get, don't make me go up and get my Chakotay quotes. I will. You Do you have the flute riff? That would that would help a lot. Um, I have um, Blackbird's wing. I have Blackbird's wing. <laughs> I have a few. I have a few ingredients. Um, Akuchi Moya. Akuchi Moya. Uh, you know, uh, we speak to animals. Uh, where is it? We talk to animals. It's a Native American <laughs> tradition. Uh, <laughs> You know, there's all kinds of things, right? And then, like, who knows what's the difference? Uh, did you get your thing signed? Uh, I talk to my cats all the time. Does that count? It's a, it's a Native American tradition. <laughs> you know, uh, they use their Native American consultant to help them ensure that they were. Um, he was very, a sham. That they're, they're Jewish Native American consultant. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, what a what a tragic story that is! By Chakotay or whatever. Tom Paris. Yeah, Tom Paris, not Chakotay. Let's get off topic here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this so, is Chakotay tangent. Chakotay. Yeah. Where was Chakotay? Apparently, he's going to show up on Star Trek: Prodigy. That was the other news that came out. Oh, recently. oh I would yeah. Rather I'm excited about that. That was cool. More so Lord X. They are bringing him in, in, or at least that animated series. Yeah. So okay, was um so. But uh, was he as like? I don't think he was as funny. For me, he wasn't as funny as like as Jonathan Frakes playing reprising his Riker. Um, well, okay, I think that that was a smart play because I think it would be a little bit too easy to just kind of dig on Tom Paris. Tom Paris isn't as in well regard as a Will Riker, so Will Riker can you know he's he's ripe for a comedic turn. Whereas Tom Paris, I think the comedy should be not the result of him, but he should be involved in the uh, comedic action, which is what we later see when um, eventually Boimler and Tom Paris meet. So I think it was fine. Yeah, okay. Like, I, I don't know what my expectations were because Tom Paris never a truly funny character. You know? Like, unless he was riffing on Harry. Harry! <laughs> he should have made a proton himself. You're going after the wrong Delaney sister, Harry. Harry, come play hockey with me in the holodeck. What? Why am I getting Harry Potter vibes? Harry, Harry. Like, Harry. Yeah, I don't know. That, that, that should Jeff and I. Whenever we talk about Tom Paris, it's like Harry. Um, that's uh, that, that's Tom Paris. The ghosts of those people came and visited me in the middle of the night and taught me the true meaning of Christmas. Um, yeah, is he, is he still a salamander? Nope, he's not. Um, so, and so everything here, like, I guess that Tom Paris and all the Voyager crew are celebrities, which would make sense. And is kind of in line with what is even shown in like the, um, the Voyager finale, sort of the future, uh, what would have happened to those Voyager crew members upon their return to earth in a few other episodes of Voyager where they kind of showed that they would, they would, they would all be in sort of infamous upon their return because it was such like, a an against the odds journey across the Delta quadrant. 
um, a, a kind of imagination spurring thing. And, uh, and uh, yeah, they're on collectible plates. I collect all sorts of plates. Um, Boimler uh, was, 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 uh, was very excited. And then, you know, there's, and then maybe we get back into the Shaq storyline where Rutherford's tried to figure out the, the, the history of how Shaq's has come back from the dead. Did, did you did you catch the Harry Kim dig there? Those it's like I got them all signed from Janeway all the way down to Harry Kim. Yes, <laughs> all the way down. I know I Although did. I would have appreciated if we said Harry Kim the second. Yeah, <laughs> Harry Kim the second, just like Naomi yeah. Wildman the second. Yes, yes, yeah, because she's a duplicate too. But it was baby, True. so it didn't matter. Um, <laughs> yeah. So okay, that everything going on with um uh, with well, okay, so Boimler. Is on, I don't know. I keep jumping around, but like, so there's... just, just you know what? It's just easier. Just do each storyline. So we're talking about Shacks. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about Shacks and Rutherford because they are. Well, it's Baby Shacks Bear. and Rutherford. I and... like that. He's still. Is that what was that quote? I, I pulled it too, and I couldn't. He goes, "What's wrong, Baby Bell?" Baby, Baby Bear. That's Baby what he Bear? called him when he was in security for like a minute in an episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did pull it. Uh... Whoa, Baby Bear. What's the matter? Whoa, baby, baby, baby. Yeah. See, yeah. The and he calls him that again been... in the last episode of the first season when he's saving him. He's just like, I got you, baby bear. And he like picks him up and he runs with See? him. The show's right. aware of its canon, its own canon. Yeah. And so, oh, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't remember the baby bear thing. Or I was like, baby bell? Why is he baby bell? Okay. And then it was baby bear. Um, <laughs> it was it almost it almost seemed like a pet name. Um, and then uh, there was the scene in engineering. So like Boimler and Mariner, like whatever people come back from all the dead. They, they kind of they're used to it. They kind of say this is not not a big deal. Typical bridge crew. Typical bridge crew stuff. Then there's the scene in engineering. We get Lieutenant Commander uh, Billups is back. We haven't really seen much of him so far. Um, and there, there's this this guy, Lieutenant Junior Grade Cody something or other, who goes, whoa, Shax is back with the dead? Oh, Shax is back? Didn't you die? How the heck did you come back to life? <gasps> there's... And he starts crying, and Billups is like, "Report to your supervisor immediately for reassignment." Yeah, gone. Right? And you just see uh, Rutherford's like, "Whoa, ah, ah, I don't know what to do," you know, um, because he, you know, he was like, "I'm going to solve this problem." I'm an engineer. Solving impossible problems is what I do. Yeah, but this was uh, so he goes, he goes, uh, "How do you uh, play racquetball?" Because he was, they were playing, you know. What coming back from the dead took a lot out of me. Uh, that place did take a lot out of me, but not my killer serve. <laughs> <laughs> How do you play racquetball? You hit it with the racket. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and then, uh, and then later on, um, he does eventually run into. Well, he speculates first. First, Rutherford has like this dream about. Well, maybe he was a mirror universe, or maybe he was assimilated by the Borg and came back that way, or maybe this thing. Rutherford, the Genesis. I my way out of the multiverse. That is a lie. The Borg put my body into the collective. A microscopic civilization brought me back to life to harness the powers of my body with a tiny Dyson sphere. Dyson Resistance is futile. Mirror, mirror, mirror. That was the deal with the Paul Harris Empire. In the Nexus, it's always present. I gotta go. With a tiny Dyson sphere. Uh, like just like one. just absurd, just like but you're like yeah, it's all plausible. Um, and uh, and and he's he's thinking about it, but eventually he he works up the courage to um 
to meet up with Shax, where he calls him Baby Bear. Whoa, Baby Bear, what's the matter? Um, and he says, like, you got to tell me. I know it's not supposed to ask you, and I'm only an ensign. He goes, it doesn't matter about your rank. We're sparing you if they're the truth. We're sparing you dark truths about scientific depravity that would haunt you for the rest, rest of your days. days. Once you know, you can never go back to being the man you were before. Works for me. <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me. <laughs> tell me, tell me. Um... Okay, so death is the first thing that happens. And then, oh, wait, you do know about the Black Mountain, right? Uh, the what now? The Black Mountain is a <laughs> spiritual battleground. Your soul goes. Where you at? <laughs> and it just starts to get dark. Look, <laughs> I, I like this a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it makes absolute sense because why would anyone from the bridge crew tell, like, anyone, like, the, the half of the crazy stuff they get into? Because, like, just to, alone how dangerous it may be if that information... Um, gets out like there's a tear in the universe there's a city on beyond a for, uh, the city of uh for, forever the right city on the edge on of the forever and forever you don't want anyone to just go to that planet or have access to that that is super dangerous right, right. yeah so, they, they do they, the starfleet officers do come across like this really important information occasionally that could not not just like in fact one planet or billions of lives it could destroy the entire universe in some cases they, they they have a lot of weight on their shoulders in some cases in some missions uh uh more than others and they're just kind of like say you don't even know half of it you know and this is just the cerritos this not important ship uh yes. supposedly right or nothing ever happens so is kayshawn gone Shaxx is back. Well, I, we saw him tonight, but I was like, yeah, Kayshawn, our uh, Temerian um, security officer who showed up last week in, or in the first episode, got turned into a puppet. Um, he might be he beta. Went, he might be beta crew. Beta shift? Beta shift, sorry. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if they both stick around. I don't even know who's doing the voice of Kayshawn yet. Um, if he's... Uh, if. Because like we 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 had Fred Tashiori who Tashiori, who does the voice of Shax, and um, he was he was in the credits for the first two episodes, and we kind of didn't know what the heck was going on. Was he coming back to play somebody new? But you know, he's back. He's back playing Shax, and I am glad for it because Shax is one of my favorite characters on this show. He's he, like he is comedically, I think like you know when he, but it, his sacrifice in that finale was also really kind of emotional, and I you know it does this take away from it, you know, because nope. you no. Know, no, nope. um, because you could still build upon that. Yeah, it depends on like what the story calls for. Because if there's going to be a situation, let's say um, now Rutherford can die, Rutherford can die, and now he knows how to get back. The Black Mountain. Yes, you do he's know about the Black Mountain, right? Uh, the what now? The Black Mountain is a spiritual battleground. Your soul goes. Right? He, Did he, Tasha he... coming back in yesterday's Enterprise spoil her death in that? Uh you know, bad goo episode. No, because it wasn't the same Tasha per se um, for me, True. but, but I, you know, you're splitting hairs, you know, in, in other ways. Yeah. Right. So um, like when Sela showed up, I didn't think of her as Tasha Yar, even though it is Dean no. Crosby, but um, you know, well, I more meant the other Tasha. Yeah, I know you mean, you mean the alternate yeah. Tasha. Yeah. 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 The alternate Tasha. Yeah. Right. Anyway, but I digress. Um, and then, okay, the, I think that kind of wraps up the Shaq storyline, right? Other than like Rutherford is kind of scarred by this. Yeah, but don't you feel that we're now seeing the groundwork that a character can die and they can come back? A bridge yeah. crew. 
bridge, a bridge, bridge crew officers, officer. A bridge, bridge officers can. come back. If you go through the Black Mountain, but uh, I don't know if that's... So Bormler's um, <laughs> teleportation clone dies and comes back? Uh, maybe. I think, like, well, you know, like, whether that... They're not background characters even though that's what they're kind of meant to be these lower deckers right like they're they are they are the leads of this show so they do have that plot armor um <laughs> they can die if they're it's it's harder to kill them than to kill these bridge officers but maybe not maybe they can all die and come back kind of arbitrarily like obviously death and life like harry how many times did harry kim die on voyage on voy i just want to save some time <laughs> more than enough you know, yeah, uh, a few. There was that one time he died on purpose, so because he, he knew he was in like some dimension and he had to be resuscitated by the doctor on the other side. Um, yeah, so uh, and with that, we'll segue over to the storyline with uh, Boimler in Paris. Well, hey, boy, well, it's not even Boimler's storyline is not even just about Tom Paris. Boimler's storyline is also just about the fact that he's back on the Cerritos. And the computer doesn't, the ship doesn't know who he is anymore. Doors won't open. Replicators won't work. He can't get any food. Um, and, and, but he's, uh, he's not willing to do anything about it. Uh, Jet, Jet, he runs into Jet. I could carry you across the threshold like a bride. But he don't need any help from Jet, the hunks. I like um, Jet. He's pretty funny. Want me to carry you? <laughs> he's pretty funny. So that whole sequence reminded me of another show. I don't know if you ever saw it. It was called, um, um oh my gosh no don't mind um it's called oh my gosh i totally forgot Ro uh, rosie per uh, uh uh my gosh i forget her name anyways the show is about um this uh firm that you know develops different products and does r d and one of the things they do is they put new sensors on the uh the doors for all the doors so it automatically opens the unfortunate part is uh the sensors don't recognize um black people so <laughs> all the black employees can't use the doors they won't open for them so their solution is to get all the black employees a white assistant um <laughs> who would be with them <laughs> to open the doors so uh yeah um so you uh, think they were referencing that maybe but <laughs> Yeah. That's what I thought of. Right, the other question about Jed is: Is he Matthew McConaughey? All right, all right, all right. <laughs> um, he could be the ship's Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, I'm know, wondering side character that is super cool and you know, yeah. Uh, but uh, was a boy, Boimler, yeah, he's just such a stubborn guy. Uh, Boimler, and he's like, no, nah, I don't need your help. And then, like, you know, uh, he spends most of the ship like he gets, ends up in a Jeffrey's tube. Because he can't take the things, the ship's trying to kill him in a lot of cases. The computer won't help him, and uh, and he starts, uh, you know, getting fumes and hallucinating Tom Paris speaking to him through his plate. Uh, there's just quite a few things going on with that, um, you know. While Tom Paris is showing up, it's a pleasure to have you on my bridge, Lieutenant Paris. Pleasure's all mine, Captain Freeman. Mind if I give her a whirl? I hear these Cali-class engines can purr. Of course. Just don't send us to the Delta Quadrant. Bet she gets that one a lot. <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows the Cerritos like Bradward Boimler. <laughs> Bradward. I always forget he's Bradward. Uh, <laughs> and he's just talking to his plate. You know, he's like, thanks, Tom Paris. Thanks, Tom Paris. You know, I like how everyone refers to him as Tom Paris. He's always Tom Paris. He's always—he's never Lieutenant Paris. He's just Tom Paris. What's Tom going Paris. on, Tom Paris? 
Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> um, and the show is called uh, Better Off Ted. And um, I was referring to the actress Porta de Rossi. Just to clear my mind from not knowing it. Oh, yeah. I think I watched that show. Yeah. yeah. I, and I also like, like a very robotic character. Yes. I always yeah. like when Boimler was like hallucinating and sort of like, I don't know, getting even like going through like this vision quest or whatever was happening with him in this episode. And he goes, I'm trapped because of the glitch. I'm trapped because of a computer glitch. Or perhaps it is I, I who is the glitch. The, perhaps it is I who am the glitch. Uh, it got very deep. <laughs> with that. But once he was able to throw away his uh, his possession, his 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 pride and his ego, and he he sma- put that plate through. He was able to bust out from captivity. Right. So is that, is that what the arc was for him in this? You think it was that he had to sort of cast off his possessions, his worldly possessions? Well, as he returned back from the dead, right? He was dead to the crew. This is his penance. I see. Okay, that's how you took this was his uh his walkabout maybe? Yeah. yeah. He was totally separated from the crew on his own separate journey. He took the path lace traveled, right? And um it wasn't until he threw his he threw his old life away that he was able to be released back and then get his ass kicked. This reminds me of an episode of Babylon 5 where Dr. Stephen Franklin went on a bit of a quest himself to find himself. Um, where's Jeff? Jeff where's needs Jeff? to be here to get this. Because every time Babylon I reference Babylon 5. We didn't uh, get one this week. So. <laughs> didn't do one, I didn't do one in Deep Space this week. But I hit you. Up. Yeah, you need to um, make a bet with Jeff. And the bet needs to be, if you win, he has to do a Babylon 5 retrospective podcast, and you win. I, I, want, oh. I would want you to win so bad <laughs> so you can get that. I would love to do a Babylon 5 podcast, but if I could only find someone to do it with. Jeff! Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you'd have to win a bet. That's the only way yes. to do it. But it's like five seasons. It's, it's, not, it's not nothing. Um, yeah, and so when Boimler eventually does escape after his like after he yeah casts off his possessions, he ends up on that bridge, um, and uh, Tom Paris accuses him of being a Kazon. A Kazon. Um, <laughs> that's racist. Beats him like few people in the Alpha Quadrant have been beaten. Yeah. yeah. This is how we kick ass in the Delta Quadrant. <laughs> I don't know if it's that different. <laughs> in the Delta Quadrant. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's the, I guess that's a saying you can have, Tom Paris. Um, and but then uh, they 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 made up and uh, you know. Thanks, they Tom, were, Paris. Thanks, they, Tom you, Paris. Thanks, Tom Paris. <laughs> They're gonna have beer afterwards. They're gonna have a beer, and that's kind of like the end of that storyline where you know they get to make fun of it, where you know Mariner throws a, a little bit of shade at him. Did in you the get end. your bowl signed by Chakotay or whatever? Tom Paris. Yeah, Tom Paris. Come on. Uh, okay. Were you, were you disappointed with that? Did you want more, Tom Paris? I wanted. Um, I don't know. Maybe like I, I don't know if I got everything out of this that I wanted. Um, but what I don't know really what want? I wanted. No, I thought we got more liar. than I was expecting. Yeah. Yeah, we got like we got I got quite a bit of them, you know. And like I mentioned, like the, the storyline with uh, with um, uh, Tendi and 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 uh, Mariner is really the one that stuck with me. Even though I think like yeah, that's my favorite. Paris I think like episode. Tom Paris's role in this episode is really just to st- serve as like a plot line for Boimler. 
um, more than anything. He's he's Boimler. He's there. He's kind of a just a MacGuffin for Boimler. But his but his his Eldorado. He's Eldorado. Yeah. But we but we you know like the storyline with Tendi and uh and, and Mariner much more interesting. Yeah, we saw Quark's bar tonight. Uh, we talked Quaylor. Is Quaylor the yeah. planet? Not the same planet that they went to in Star Trek Picard, right? No, that that's was called- free, free, free cloud. Uh, yeah, free, free cloud. cloud yeah. Free cloud. But this seemed a very like a very similar kind of a scale. Oh, that also Quark's pretty franchised around. I think he franchised yeah. it all around. Yeah. Um, and we get uh, we get lots of, of scenes here. Mariner says that you know you got to get uh, all the all the the slushies here. Um, Quailer is awesome, by the way. You can get any drink in the form of a slushie. We got to get like five slushies. Five slushies. Um, there's the Mariner learning that they both like uh, Klingon acid punk. You're into Klingon acid punk? Are you kidding? Why even listen to Klingon if it isn't punky or acidic? Nope. Right. And the then band Gital. And Gital. <laughs> which means to the death in Klingon. Right. Yes. But in this episode, they really like they realize how much they don't know about each other. <laughs> you know, like it, it's like I go oh, well, you know, because they they get like this um this scratching what they think is the Cation scratching post. It's a Cation libido post. Sorry, sorry, Tandy, a Cation libido post, and um you know, it, it, eventually it, it gets destroyed in this episode. Um, and, girls, uh, peak. T- yeah, <laughs> girls peak. Girls peak. Girls peak. Uh, girls peak. <laughs> I didn't pull that one. Um, but uh, but you know, like Mariner's like, no big deal. I can like I once war- ruined Worf's Mechlef. I accidentally ran over Worf's Mechlef back on Deep Space Nine, and I had it fixed before he even knew it was gone. Yeah, and she's like, why were you on Deep Space Nine? And uh, Tendi didn't know anything even really about her history. She thought that she kind of came along in the three. So interesting to see how much like they didn't interact with each other. Uh, we find out later that you know Mariner doesn't even know her first name. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Mariner served on the Bonestell as well, which was uh, a ship captained by Janeway. Another Voyager, Voy references. A Voy reference? So she mentions the Bonestell, but is that after Voyager or before Voyager? Before. 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 Okay. Um, But, and she also served with Tom Paris's dad, like, way before that, right? And Tuvok before before that? Okay. Tuvok was with her on the Bonestell as well, though. He was on the Bonestell? Okay. We go over this in their Janeway supplemental on the Cuters of Trek. Oh, I'm glad you know, Mark. <laughs> check out that episode, folks. Check out the Cuters cross reference. There you go. <laughs> yeah, shameless right. plug, I would call it. But you know, thanks. <laughs> right, and so they're like, okay, well, she's like, I can help you fix this, and like, Tendy's like, okay, I guess we have time. Uh, but the clock's kind of tip ticking because you know, like, she wants to impress her boss. She doesn't get fired. It's kind of like the story. And Tiana is uh, having a rough day, Doctor Tiana. My fur feels like it's covered in poison. Um, <laughs> feels like it's covered in poison. Like telling everybody's the problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they decide that they need to um, figure how they're going to do this. And uh, and Tendi says, well, there's still a lot of stigma around Orions. Um, you know, she says that we can. What's the what's the um, the um, uh, pirates and. Pirate stereotype and in a pirate station. <laughs> There's still a lot of stigma around Orions. A lot of humans think we're all thieves and pirates. Wait, my cousin works in a thieves den in a pirate outpost in this sector. He might be able to help us out. <laughs> She's like, you know, think we're thieves, pirates. Wait, my cousin's a thief and a pirate. Let's call him. That was time for one of those kind of Orions. 
I'm not that kind of a Ryan, you know. Yeah. Um, I do like that, like that Tendi. Like we're getting glimpses into a more into the Ryan culture, like I mentioned, like in you, yeah. you to Jamil, that like I was asking for more of that, and we're getting it. But it's I also like that Tendi's like not typical, I guess, to her species or to her culture. But, she or is she? She is the mistress of the winter constellation. Yes. Anything yes. for you, mistress of the winter constellations. <laughs> Yeah, it's an Orion thing. It kind of makes me uncomfortable. Oh, what you don't? Even... Oh no, that, no, here it is. Um... It's an Orion thing. It actually makes me really uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah and, and just like... just talk like a pirate. Yeah, so Arr. like I like this idea. Like undercover mission, they they turn um, uh, Mariner's Mariner. skin green, mm -hmm. right? But they said that this won't last <laughs> long. I like the false green too. False green. False green. False green. <laughs> And she feels weird about it. She's like, just don't take any pictures, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like her meeting um, Tendi's what, brother? It's cousin. Cousin, cousin yeah. Cousin. And she's like, oh, oh you didn't tell me he's got muscles. Yeah, he's... Uh, where, 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 I got it right here. He's a bad warn boy. me if we're going to be meeting up with a sexy bad boy. That's my type. Well, one of my types. Oh, I'm always dating bad boys. Bad girls, bad gender non-binary babes, ruthless alien masterminds, bad binars. Bad binars? <laughs> <laughs> What's a bad binar? You want to date one? <laughs> she did. You, do you remember the binars? Wouldn't that mean you're dating two? They always go in pairs. They always go yeah. in pairs. You'd have to date both. Mm. They would die yeah. without the other, wouldn't they? Yeah. Think so. We got binars. Yeah. Yeah. She was dating uh, the bad one, and the, the good one was just like hanging around all the time. So what is, is it? Is Mariner saying she's pansexual? She'll date pretty Definitely. much anything one? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So a little Loki reference. Like, didn't she she dated that thing that like lays an egg in your throat or whatever just to like make her mother mad. <laughs> is that isn't that from Alien, like the, the face hugger? Yeah, but she did that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then okay, this whole thing with like why? Okay, like Wittendi, uh was doing, uh, you know, like being the mistress of the Winter Constellations. <gasps> You'll do what I tell you to do, you dumb face jerk. <laughs> do you want to see more of this, Tendi? Yes. You're going to see this side come out. Of More Orion stuff. Definitely. More Orion. She's like, this is what you do when you're Orion. You tell these men to freaking do shit. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. That's that's kind of how this is. Allergies. Right. And then <laughs> she goes, pheromones. Oh, uh, pheromone allergies. Right. Because her, her name is Devana, right? Her first yeah. name, which it, it isn't used a ton. I think also because to me, it's like, it's a little closer to Dr. Tiana too. It's got like a not it's not exactly the same word, but it's uh, it, it yeah. I I find that part a little bit confusing sometimes. Um and uh she goes, "What? Is that like your your title? What are your special titles?" She goes, "No." Oh, what? You don't even know my first <laughs> name? I thought it was Tendi, like with no last name, like Odo. We have been working together for over a year, Beckett. Have you ever had that experience where you've been working with somebody for a year and they don't know much about you? Um you know, I'm that probably that game. guy who's been working with you for a year and doesn't know anything about you. You're so. the Mariner? You're that guy? Yeah. 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 I thought I'm that was that like a title. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm I'm terrible with some people's names just because it's it's always embarrassing when people know you better than you know them. So you're like, yeah, you know, how are you doing? You avoid pronouns, you avoid like any type of references to their name. Like, 
you kind of hope that someone else comes so you can kind of do the here's and this is and you can grab their name from that way just any type of situation where you can kind of use it to find out what that missing piece of information yeah like we've all been there for sure but uh you know she is supposed to be friends with her um and uh yeah so like i think it just shows that mariner you know mariner's a little bit selfish self-involved selfish, self-involved not the long list you're like oh you're looking for an adjective we can kind of pick yeah like she's so mad at boimler for leaving and going to the titan but she doesn't even know tendy's first name you know like it's kind of it's here's the ultimate problem sometimes when you have friendships and you're in a group you all fall into different roles and then sometimes the roles don't really expand upon what the person is fully capable of or information about themselves there isn't that much time for um uh, uh, uh divana to um talk about herself and her background because she's not the main focus in the group it's usually just mariner and bromler um just kind of uh you know bouncing off of each other and then rutherford says a one or two lines right it we just recently learned more about rutherford because of this situation right she she hasn't had any type of issue come up so therefore she has been the, the like hasn't been the focus whatsoever you mean tendy tendy yeah right yeah you're right there well, hasn't been a Devana, time right hmm? first name's devana right Mm -hmm. Devana Tandy. Yeah, we've definitely yeah, heard it. Devana. Show. I'm like, <laughs> you mean Tandy? And I'm like, wait, I'm saying her name right. I know, but they I mean, I'm not used to saying it either. Thing, like Odo. <laughs> I like, I like the one name thing. I guess, <laughs> or I like, or I like sort of like, uh, you know, let's call them by their last name, uh, unless it's certain characters where I like, to, unless it's Jordy, then I want to call him by his first name. Um, <laughs> Mr. LaForge. Mr. LaForge. <laughs> uh, is that one word or two words? LaForge. <laughs> yeah, and so okay, and then and then so they they. It doesn't work out for them in the first attempt because they have to escape from the Orion mob after they're kind of after the falls green thing. And uh, there's this whole thing where, you know, Candy has to choose between saving Mariner and saving her mission. And she obviously does the right thing and chooses Mariner. And uh, then they so then they go to um, Starbase Earhart of all mm, places from uh, from the Star Trek Next Generation episode uh, Tapestry, where Picard uh, had. You know, played Dom Jot as a young man, and got impaled through the back. It's a complete reference to that. We even yeah. got the Nausicans here. <laughs> um, I like how the guy who owns the bar says he just had the table rejotted. He just had it rejotted. Yeah, yeah. I can't. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> just careful. Just said that. Just careful. I re just rejotted. Yeah. Play Dom Jot, human. Yeah, and they they because they have to get forty strips of latinum to pay this guy who was going to fix their thing, and he was I don't know like they had some kind of deal, but it never worked out because these Nosikans are trying to kill them by the end of the Domjot game. <laughs> uh, you know, as that's how Domjot games go. Unless you're Jake and Nog, who never seem to get into bar fights over Domjot. Jake's a Domjot hustler. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Playing Domjot with Nog, come on. Um, but uh, I thought this was like this was fun. They were because they were they were calling like Orion, you're a thief, and she's like, "That's racist. Come on, she's like, can't you just like you know juice it a little? And just juice it a little? No, I'm not that kind of Orion." <laughs> so once again, I think it's it's going to be a situation that's going to come up where they're going to be desperate and they're going to have to they're laying the groundwork. 
Tendi is going to be using her pheromones later on this season. You I can't just so. introduce something like that and then yeah. not have it, you know, be used. It's yeah. I've been wondering about it the whole series. Well, it's like your superpower, right? If you're from What's that it? species, the Chekhov's gun trope. What's Chekhov's gun? That if you introduce something, it has to be used. You can't like, hey, um, you're you're seeing like a bunch of weapons, and it focuses on a specific gun. You know, before the movie is over, that gun is going to be used, right? That's it's it's done in it's a it's a common trope. Just like in last week's episode of Lower Decks, where they kept mentioning Thomas Raker, and you knew that the transporter duplicate was coming at some point, or the because yeah. they're you mentioned this way too many times for this to be just a, an Easter egg. It's a common trope. Yeah, um, and so that doesn't work. So eventually, they kind of just say, "Well, I guess I got to go back, and we're gonna have to tell Doctor Tiana that it was destroyed." And I've never been in trouble before. And she's like, "You know what? You're such a good person, but..." Your plan sucks. New plan. Uh, New plan. And her plan is just. <laughs> I love her plan. And it just goes tink off the shields. <laughs> hey, oh, we got a shell coming right at us, and it just tinks, and they go damage. They go nope. nope, um, nope. <laughs> yeah, I like. I like. I like. We didn't get a lot of ransom tonight, but he was like, just getting her hell. You are so going to the brig for this. Then- then a bee to the brig. It's a bee's fault. What's the bee? <laughs> the bee. There's a bee. And then after all that. Get into a shuttlecraft in space. <laughs> How did the bee get into the shuttle in space? It seemed like there was like an answer to that. Like maybe we were on a planet and the bee flew in. But um, he doesn't accept it. So she goes to the brig for it. But that's just kind of what Mariner does. She spends the most. She's like, a, she's like the Tom Paris of the Cerritos. She spends a lot of time uh, in the brig. Wait. Or that drunk Bajoran in Deep Space Nine. He's always right. in the break. Because wasn't there, like, you remember that alternate timeline where Harry Kim never went to the Delta Quadrant and it was because he uh, he got into a bar fight with Quark because he was trying to sell some other Ensign Lodi crystals or whatever, and mm. uh, it didn't go so well, I guess. Um, yeah, so he, he never went on the mission. He never went to the Delta Quadrant either. This is how we kick ass in the Delta Quadrant. This is how we kick ass in the Delta Quadrant. That's right, Tom Paris. Okay. So, and question I have then is, how would you dispose of a bee if you were in a shuttlecraft? Would I dis- would um, <laughs> gently guide it towards a beautiful flower full of nectar for it. Okay. See, I, I like kind of my whole thing. I like your approach. What I would do is, I would wait for the bee to be in a specific part of the ship and then i will put a force field up so one that works too you know it's protected and two you're able to continue your work unaffected you won't crash your shuttlecraft into a ship problem solved what if you beam it into space some water and why would you beam into space is that too dark i'm just like get the bee out of here it's drastic if anything okay too too far a little little drastic Oh, there was no B. So you say? So he said. So I well, according to Mariner, yeah. So she went to the the, the brig anyway. Uh, but it turns out she didn't want the scratching. There wasn't a cation libido post. Uh, that's not what she wanted. She just wanted the box. Wait. What I needed was the box. Um. No, oh my God, I'm touching it. I'm touching it with both my hands. There's that's the stuff. Yeah, this was, <laughs> it was something. Okay, she couldn't replicate a box. No, that's her family heirloom box. 
That's her family box. Yeah. Okay. Favorite box. Like, yeah. And like, and conversely, just like how I, uh, uh, Tendi is like one of the first Orion, or maybe the only, I guess, is the first Orion main character of a Star Trek show. Um, so is Tiana. She's the first Cation main character. Oh, we got a cat Cation. here. Yes, the, that's her species, the cat species, mm-hmm. right? Um, and uh, so I, 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 the more I learn about these aliens, the more I, I, I enjoy it. Um, and that kind of then brings all of the crew back together for the final scene in the brig where, you know, Boimler talks about how he's meeting up with Tom Paris and Rutherford try, is trying to forget everything he's learned from Shax and like what comes after death. <laughs> um, and, uh, and Tendi and Mariner do come out of this whole thing, I think, strong. Uh, strong their relationship stronger than it started. So I thought that this episode was well served uh, from just uh, even from that alone. Like the more the more connections between these characters, uh, not just the four leads, but also these, these bridge officers, uh, I think is good. I think like, the more I care about them, the more I care about the ship, the more the, you know, even if people just come back from the dead casually and order spicy kiwi ketchup, uh, you know. Because they already have more connections and relationships and personality between them each other than the you know cast of Enterprise did in yeah, sure. four seasons. Yeah. Oh yeah. They never really felt like they had much of a of a of a thing like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it, it, there was just some some bonding here at the end where they were th- even just talking about music. You see it sometimes in Star Trek, but they don't. It's 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 kind of crazy how much they don't talk about it. Uh, Acid Bunkers right. love singing about caves. Acid Bunkers <laughs> love singing about caves, and then we also get our, our actually Klingon Acid Punk music. Ooh, this one's about a Klingon who eats his own hand. Yeah, play it. There you go. Uh, it's so like we were saying just before we started the stream. Like that's gonna be a whole new thing. Um, <laughs> This, this Klingon acid punk references, and uh, and that concludes the episode. But I was super thrilled with this. So, like, I think, like, you know, like uh, a lot, like in the first season, like they're gaining momentum as they're going. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like the first season, you know, a little slower. Um, uh, first episode, sorry, first episode was a bit slower of a start for me. Me, me too. Yeah, um, it just, I feel like the first season. After a couple of episodes ramped up, um, I kind of disagree. Second episode to me is just, I loved it so much. Yeah. Yeah. And so you were, uh, you weren't uh, here for last week, but let's just talk. Maybe we can give a rating to this uh, um, and uh, get it up. So Jeff, not here this week. Wow. I, I really liked it in comparison to everyone else. <laughs> yeah. We were, I was, I, I give it an eight. It's not bad. It just didn't. Uh, but uh, tonight's episode, I'm, I'm going to give um, a much higher than that. I'm going to give it a 9.1. Wow. Ooh, okay. okay. Um, uh, I'm going to give it a um, 8.7. 8.7. Yep. And Davin. 8.5. I think we got 8.5. higher to climb on this mountain this season. Yeah. All right. And I don't know. It might be a little early to get an IMDb rating. I don't know if there would be. Oh, wait. Actually, we do have one already. Uh, with just 30 votes, we are at 8.4. It only came out today. So it's still early, but whatever. Um, 
So I I don't even have the writer of this episode yet. Like there's so few details. Like that you know that's kind of the thing when you're usually producing... they um, they kind of reveal themselves as the episode airs. You see them uh, kind of post about how excited they are about the episode. That's what we were seeing in the first season. Um, a lot of the the writers were like, "Oh, my episodes tonight," and you know, would let their Twitter followers um, be aware that they did a specific episode. So that might be revealed. Yeah, I hope so. I like. Well, we'll we'll, we'll populate that in in our king because we like to kind of keep track of like who are our favorite writers, who are our favorite directors, um, things like that. Maybe storylines that fe- focus on main characters. So we try to we try to keep track of all that. Um, and like we didn't even know, I didn't even know the, the title of this episode until I think it was Monday or Tuesday this week. Like they were they were holding their cards pretty close to the vest for this one. They didn't want us to know this was a Tom Paris episode until right up. To, even though we kind of knew he was going to be in the season, they had yeah. already marketed him. So um, the creator of Fairhaven, the creator of Fairhaven, Captain <laughs> Proton himself. Is that what he's? That's what he's known as, the creator of Fairhaven, where Janeway like hooks up with Irish guys, like, and the uh, Salamander. And yes. he, yeah, he's not a is he a still a salamander? Um, okay, so we'll be so that's I think that's going to conclude tonight's uh, uh, breakdown of we'll always have Tom Paris. Thank you for joining us here on this stream. We are on Facebook, we are on YouTube, we're streaming now uh, for the first time. Well, not the first time ever, but uh, first week now we're on Twitch. Is that's one of our streaming platforms. Um, we do live long in podcasts, talks about Star Trek all the time, new and old. Um, you know, we have Locutors of Trek, uh, our, 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 our friends over there, where Davin has his podcast with Dave. Check that out. What, uh, Davin, when does uh, Locutors Every of Trek Every podcast drop? needs a Dave. Hey, when does Locutors of uh, Trek drop? Oh, it's, it's sporadic, unfortunately, but we have an economics episode coming out this week. Talk about the Trekonomics. Trekonomics. There you go. So listen to the cuters of Trek and them talking about it's gonna the be a long one. <laughs> Ooh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Potentially check that out. two hours plus. Hopefully, I'm, maybe we'll cut it down. It's a big subject. It's a it's a complicated subject. Um, also, Monday nights we talk about Star Trek: The Original Series with my dad Ted. Uh, we've only got ten left. We've been watching every episode, not in order. Um, and we've got uh, we just did um, the alternative factor this past Monday. Um, and we got uh, the Mark of Gideon coming up for next Monday. Plus, oh my on God, Tuesday nights, I just watched that for Trekonomics. Did you? I don't. I, yeah. I don't even know what it is. So then, and then also on Tuesday night, we're talking about Star Trek: D Space Nine. Every episode in order. We're into the fourth season. We just did Indiscretion. I can't remember what's coming up right next, but uh, if you follow along with D Space Nine, you can find a, 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 a companion podcast there. Uh, as we continue our, uh, our, our our mission to watch all those episodes, plus check out our other channels. We have two other channels. One called Live, uh, sorry, Super Mater Brothers Podcasting, where we uh, we talk about stuff that's not Star Trek related, uh, including Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff. If you're into like, uh, we're going to be talking about Shang Chi and the Ten Legend of the Ten Rings in about a week. We already talked about WandaVision and all the other. Mm-hmm. Um, 2021 releases of Marvel Cinematic Universe. Plus, check out Big Brother USA. Uh, Jamil and Jeff and I are covering that three times a week over on Super Meter Brothers Podcasting. Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, and Thursday nights uh, to go with every episode airing on CBS and Global uh, at 9:30 p.m. Eastern. We'll be so we're that's actually we're running. Jamil and I are running off to do that right now because we have our live eviction tonight. I'm gonna fast uh, we'll, forward through part uh, through the commercials. We, we kind of know who's getting. We kind of know who's getting evicted. And then um, and then also. Um, what am I forgetting? 
Uh, um, you're forgetting this Sunday, 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 Sunday in trivial debates, our third channel where we argue with movies, TV, sports, and more. Uh, we're going to have the battle of all battles between Chris Seymour, Tim Seymour, and, um, the man they call Mott. Chuckasaurus. <laughs> yeah. And the man they call Mott. You want to give us some previews of some of these questions? Um, uh, I, I gave last time I gave a rejected wildcard question which was um is a chip a broken taco shell or are taco shells unbroken chips that was a rejected <laughs> wildcard question um another uh question was for tv a tv one which was a hot button issue um was which doctor was the best doctor in doctor who I, which I was like, that's a great question, Jamil. I don't know if, if this is the panel to answer it, or maybe it is exactly it's perfectly the panel. The, the panel to answer it. Yeah, because none of these guys are Doctor Who people. <laughs> but um, it's going to be fun to see how that all plays out. Because uh, Chris is like, I've never watched it in my life, and I never will. So <laughs> let's talk about it. <laughs> he was the first person to give an answer to that question. <laughs> oh, I got to know which doctor he's going with. Okay. All right. So check which that one out. Has the most PhDs. The most PhDs, uh, the first one, um, yeah. So check that out on uh, on Sunday ish. Uh, we're, we're right now ish. Well, well, like Mark called me today. He's like, I might have my draft, and I I was like, okay, let me know if we have to move the time. But um, until you know, let me know. So, uh, but he he didn't confirm. So I just right now as right now we are scheduled for ten a.m. on Sunday to to well, do the show. He needs to submit his answers because he hasn't. Yeah, and Tim and, and Tim calls me, and Tim goes, "I didn't check my messages. I don't use Messenger that much." I'm like, "I don't know what you want me to do about that, Tim." Um, so anyway, <laughs> that that that's that, I digress. Anyway, okay. Lower decks. What's the next episode title? No, unreleased, uh, as far as I can tell. Yeah, like we, it's just no name. Uh, so we might not get that till much later in the week so but we'll be back next thursday at 7 p.m eastern 8 p.m maritime time uh to uh to talk about the fourth episode of season two maybe with jeff mater i don't know so uh let's see star trek day is coming up star trek day september 9th uh 9th or 5th i thought something like that yeah i did mark it uh, on my calendar because there's going to be some stuff coming out jane uh jane had flagged that for me as well so thank you both Love of you um uh, jamil i'll be talking to you in just over an hour and a half or so um and and davin thanks for joining us tonight and uh talking about this episode and uh i, I look forward to listening to the next economics themed episode of locuters of trek and and with that, let's uh, let's let's take you away with some some uh, maybe some, maybe a Tom Paris quote to uh, to close out the night. Yeah, let's uh, Harry, Harry. I'll tell you the truth, Harry. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you the truth, Harry. Uh, the ghosts of those three dead officers came to me in the middle of the night and taught me the true meaning of Christmas. And with that, we'll, 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 we'll sign off. Have a good one. Live long and podcast. Good night. Oh, thank you.